0: believe my wife my wife said something so critical she said it's a privilege to worship him I don't know about anybody else but it's it's a very privilege that God gives us the activity and use of our limbs that it gives us breath in our body to worship him and I think the saddest tragedy is that he would ever need a rock to cry out for us. If God ever needs a rock to cry out for us, then our assignment on the earth is done. God don't need use for anybody who can't open up their mouth and give God some level of glory. Hey, so before I take my text, I know we've worshipped, but with the fruit of your lips, can you begin to bless his name? Somebody say, it's a privilege to bless his name. God, you are worthy and worthy to be praised. There is none like your God. Thank you, God, for this great privilege to give you worship, to give you worship, to give you worship. We honor you on this morning. We honor you on this morning. Hallelujah. We honor you on this morning so grateful for the opportunity to give him worship. Somebody say it's a privilege. Should never take opportunities for worship for granted. I believe God is pleased with our worship. The Bible says that he's seeking worshipers that will worship him in spirit and in truth. I believe our worship was so this morning. Had a conversation with my wife as you take up your Bibles. want you to go to Ephesians chapter six. I think one of the saddest tragedies is that we can use our gifts and God still not be pleased. Did y'all hear what I just said? You can use your gifts and God still not be pleased. We're in a place where I heard a, a team that sounded so well in the natural, but there was something missing. Somebody say no spirit. But I'm so grateful that God's presence is with us and he's pleased with our worship. I want to say this to you publicly, um, Bree. Just God, as you opened up your mouth, I felt a level of breakthrough in terms of worship. I just want to say this, that the Lord needs you to open up your mouth even more. I don't want you to think this has anything to do with worship, but there's another gift upon your life. There's a grace that God has given you for healing and restoration. Simply by the fruit of your lips. So I don't want you to limit what God wants to do in your life. I believe there's more. And God, somebody say there's more. There's more. And I believe God's going to reveal it to you in the soon coming day. Let us go to Ephesians chapter 6. I want us to look at verse number 13 and 15. A level of breakthrough in our mouth. been on this sermon series called the rules of engagement strategies for spiritual warfare and i've been digging deep want to continue in that vein this morning i'm reading from the new living translation of the bible it's so good to see you sam somebody say our family is home yeah we love you sam love you so much love you dearly miss you so glad you can be in our presence this morning therefore put on every piece of God's armor so that you will be able to resist the enemy in times of evil then after the battle you will be standing firm verse number 14 says this and I want to get into this the weapons of our warfare somebody say stand your ground putting on the belt of truth somebody say truth the body armor of God's righteousness somebody say righteousness For the shoes put on the peace, somebody say peace, that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I want you to look at somebody this morning and tell them to be war ready. Somebody say get war ready. Get war ready. I want to minister from this subject this morning. War ready, war ready. And the natural wars are typically won not as a result of one's level of power, but as a result of one's level of preparation. Somebody say preparation. I don't care how strong you are. I don't care how powerful you are. If you don't prepare, the war typically will not be won. Uh, I need us to see something in the New Living Translation of Proverbs chapter 21, verse 31. Notice what the text says. The text says that the horse is prepared for the day of battle, but the victory belongs to the Lord. In other words, that means preparation always precedes prosperity in war. So if I'm going to want to see a level of prosperity or victory in spiritual warfare, somebody say, I need to prepare. I need to prepare. Therefore, effective spiritual warfare is reserved for those that are equipped. If I'm going to be effective in this thing, I've got to be equipped. In other words, as we engage the enemy, we've got to be, somebody say war ready. I've got to be ready for war because engaging in war void of weapons is a war that you will not win. I don't care what your track record is with God. If you go into war void of weapons, that's a war you will not win. Somebody say, I need some weapons. Uh, I've, 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 I've been preparing us To get to this place in this sermon series because I've been talking about um, um, a level of mental fortitude. I've been talking about the posture we need to have, but I have not tapped into the weapons that we need to have. And here's a word of wisdom. I know we may not like this, but I've got to drop this off before I start um, my sermon this morning. Pleading the blood is not a weapon. Oh, y'all ain't like that this morning. Somebody say pleading the blood is not a weapon. If we look at Ephesians chapter 6 that's not a weapon and watch this y'all ain't gonna like this because I believe you've said it as long as you've been in church your praise is not your weapon. Oh y'all don't like that this morning I know it sounds good but it's not scripture. Okay, y'all don't like that. Somebody, y'all real quiet this morning. And the reason why some of y'all aren't prospering in the war against the enemy is because your pleading and your praising is not working. They are not weapons. See, y'all, I I, I don't think y'all like that this morning. And I know where we get the pleading of uh, of blood from because the Bible says that, that we're overcome by the blood of the lamb. Somebody say it ain't my blood. And the word of the testimony, that's how we so I, I know y'all like to say plead in the blood, but somebody say it's not in the text. So if y'all find it in the text, come holler at Pastor Keith, I may be wrong, but I need y'all to understand if the Bible says that the weapons of my warfare are not carnal, and I look through Ephesians chapter 6, I see nowhere in the text that it says I should plead the blood. I see nowhere in the text that my praise is a weapon. I know we think we are at Jericho and the Jericho walls, but somebody says it's not in the text. And the enemy, watch this, ain't worried if, you're, if you are void of weapons. How many of us have, have sweated our weave out, have gotten tired running around the church and still get beat up by the enemy? The enemy is not afraid of your praise because there's not a weapon towards him. Yeah. This, this, this is um, my level of adoration towards God. This, this is my extolling of God. And you can't plead the blood that don't belong to you. All right, y'all ain't, y'all ain't going to like me this morning, but I'm going to walk the text. I'm going to walk the text because I don't think none of y'all like that. Because some of y'all are still playing, praying and pleading the blood. And you wonder why the enemy is still beating you up. This is why, watch this, we're warned against ignorance throughout the scriptures. Because when we're ignorant, watch this, we're both uneducated about our weapons and we remain unequipped with our weapons. So I can't uh, um, be um, uh, subject to be ignorant. Somebody say, I can't be ignorant. ignorant. So the critical questions I've got to ask myself are, are this. Am I equipped with spiritual weapons? and and here's I think even the more critical question what spiritual weapons am I equipped with because what weapons I'm equipped with matters even the more than simply just being equipped with weapons and here's why I say that because the dynamics of the warfare will determine the details of my weapons it matters how the enemy is fighting me is going to determine which weapon I need to pull out so, so I've got to know Someone say I can't be ignorant I, I can't just have One type of weapon Because the enemy ain't going to attack me Someone say one type of way Ooh, how, how the enemy is attacking us will determine The weapons that we need to use I'm going to show you something in the text uh, Look at 1 Chronicles Chapter 12 verse 33 The Bible says there were 50,000 Who went out to battle Somebody say experts in war with all weapons. someone say all. all. Weapons of war. Stout hearted men who could keep the ranks. It, it's critical that I, what I see in the text. That these men were not simply engaged in war. But they were experts in war. And this is why the latter portion of the text says. That these men had all weapons of war. When you're an expert in war. You ain't just going to go with one type of weapon. I've got to have all things in my arsenal because I don't know what the enemy is going to do. So I've got to make sure if they're going to do this in the natural, someone say I've got to do it in the spirit. Someone say I've got to be an expert in war. And someone say I need all the weapons of war. Because they understood watch this, that the details of the attack of the enemy would determine the weapon that they would need for the enemy. And it's no different in spiritual warfare. Because watch this one attack may require you to hold your peace against the enemy and another attack will cause you to go in your prayer closet against the enemy somebody say different attacks there's different attacks some stuff God just wants you to shut your mouth so that he can show you that he is God and there's other times where God is trying to push us in another level of our prayer life where we've got to be in our prayer closet and be on our face somebody say different kind of attacks Listen, there's some stuff that I don't even need to talk about no more. I just sit and stand still and, and see the salvation of God. And then there's other things where I know God needs me, somebody say, to press in. To press in. So I've got, I've got to be an expert in war. I've got to know when to shut my mouth. I've got to know when to fall on my face. And this is why we need to be equipped for war. Or better yet, somebody say, I've got to be war ready. And a part of that is knowing the attack of the enemy and knowing what weapon needs to be assigned for that attack. And herein lies one of the reasons that many believers are defeated in spiritual warfare. Watch this. Because we fail to discern the attack of the enemy. And therefore we're unable to determine the right weapon to use against the enemy. Somebody said I've got to be an expert. Oh, I've got to be an expert in spiritual warfare and the reason why we're losing is because we do not discern the attack and when you can't discern the attack you can't determine a weapon because the weapons you use somebody say they matter Amen. and this is why David told Saul I'm going to give you more Bible watch this in 1st chapter um, Sam, Samuel um, 17 verse 39 so David said to Saul I cannot go with these because I have not trained with them and David took them also what works for somebody else may not work for you oh i hope y'all caught that i know your grandma got through that way but god may be directing you in another direction see y'all don't like that that's why y'all gotta stop pleading the blood okay i know it worked for your grandma somebody say it may not work for me This means even beyond determining weapons that David needed. David realized that victory in war required him, watch this, to be developed in those weapons as well. Some of y'all using weapons that you are not developed in. David said, I have not trained with these. So in other words, I know that Ephesians 6 lays out all of these weapons, but some of y'all need to stop trying to use weapons, somebody say, prematurely. Get you some development in those weapons. And yeah, God can't trust you with going out against the enemy if you're not developed in, what? in these spiritual weapons. And as it is with David, so it is with us. Believers need to be war ready. And I'm going to tell you what that means. That means if we're going to be war ready, we have to be able to discern the attack of the enemy. Oh, I've, I've got to be able to discern that. Because that's going to determine our weapon against the enemy. And then here's the last thing. If I want to be war ready, I gotta be developed in that whip it, that weapon that is necessary, somebody say for the enemy. If you want to be war ready, I hope y'all y'all need to take some notes. Right, that's how we get war ready. This is what it means to be war ready, especially in spiritual warfare therefore my prayers as we continue this teaching series concerning spiritual warfare that we have a level of understanding of these next and over these next few weeks about the weapons of our warfare that's what i'm gonna dig into over these next few weeks and and, and, but more specifically that we understand the attacks that these weapons are necessary for so i'm not just going to lay out the weapons i'm going to lay out what attacks do i need to use these weapons for Somebody say discernment. discernment. And, and, and that we are prepared to use them, watch this, when necessary. And that we, watch this, because we've got to learn how to be war ready. And I believe our foundational text gives us wisdom concerning this. And it will require us, what it will require us to be war ready. Paul outlines, watch this, and details the weapons of our warfare. But I want to give us more depth to these weapons. So that we can ensure that we are not defeated by the enemy. Because watch this, you can know the weapons of warfare and have weapons and still be defeated. Somebody say, I got to know how to use them. I got to know how to use them. So here's what I want to do. I want to examine our text so that we can be prepared against the enemy's plan for war. Somebody say, I'm going to be war ready. So let's look at verse 14a. The Bible says, stand your ground. Putting on the belt of truth. Somebody say truth. God's word is what gives us wisdom for war. I've got to have his word if I want a level of wisdom for war. In other words, his word allows us to be strategic against the enemy. Somebody say, I need a word. I need a word. And This thing called truth is his attitude. Is his word, and I've made mention of this before during the sermon series, that strategy is critical for one's ability to secure victory in war. Someone say, I need a strategy, and it's no different with spiritual warfare, and somebody may be saying, why? I want you to see one definition of this word, strategy. It's the science and art of military command exercise to meet the enemy in combat under advantageous conditions in other words strategy gives me the advantage over the enemy and when i don't have any strategy he has advantage over me and the reason why the enemy beats many believers watch this at the first point of contact is because we don't have no strategy somebody say i need strategy so so God is trying to reveal the strategy you need for war and the sad reality is that many believers fail to have a strategy in spiritual warfare this is why the enemy continually has an advantage over them and this is why a foundational text begins with these words stand your ground in other words I've got to be in a position where the enemy don't push me around Now, that's good news to me, that I want to be in a position where no matter what the enemy is trying to do in my life, that I can stand my ground. God says, the only way that you can do that is if you have, somebody say, strategy. You can't stand your ground against the enemy when you're void of God's truth. In other words, his strategy. Because watch this. His truth gives you wisdom against the enemy's wickedness. Somebody say that's strategy. Uh, When the enemy is wicked and running rampant in my life, somebody say I need wisdom. His truth, watch this, gives you instructions against the enemy's intent. Uh, Somebody say I need instructions. And his his truth gives us advantage against the enemy's attacks. And somebody may be saying, how do I know? Pastor Keith, that sound real good. I I know that sound good, but I I, I need some Bible to back that up. In other words, the Lord has a different vantage point in war. Uh, In in other words, uh, the vantage point gives you the advantage in war. Uh, I I need to see something in the text. The Bible says in 2 Chronicles chapter 16, verse 9, for the eyes of the Lord roam throughout the earth so that he may strongly support those who are completely his. In other words, somebody say, I'm on low level. God has a different vantage point as it pertains to my war. So what I may see from this viewpoint, God sees something different so in other words if i want to be in a place where the enemy won't push me around i need instructions from the one who has a different someone say vantage point point. and many of us are trying to fight the enemy void of the vantage point that god has god is trying to say i'm trying to position you to where the enemy won't push you around but you won't let me give you somebody say strategy oh somebody say i need strategy I hope I know I hope y'all come staying with me in other words watch this those who seek his truth submit to his truth and secure his truth have strategy against the enemy and this is why being war ready is determined by the strategy we preserve because when God gives you strategy against the enemy it's those that don't deviate from that strategy who are not defeated by the enemy Somebody say, when God gives me a word, that's all I need. I've got to hold fast to his instructions, especially in war. Hear this. Even in a natural, our president is the commander in chief. If I don't listen to his instructions, somebody say, I'll mess myself up. It's the same way in the spirit. God is saying, even in the midst of war, somebody say, I need to heed his instructions. I need to heed his instructions. And, and, and somebody may be saying, what do you mean, Pastor Keith? Because I don't know if y'all really catching this. It's important to note that strategy is not simply obtained by the truth you read, but it's the truth that is relevant. Y'all, I need y'all to catch that is not simply the truth you read but somebody say it's the truth that is relevant. What do I mean? Because war is active, it's important for us to be attentive to the Lord's active strategy. Huh? That means it's real time, so I need some real time instructions. Y'all know when the war can just shift in a minute, I need God to speak to me. Somebody say now. Nah. I ain't got time for somebody to give me a word um, uh, uh, that's on sunday somebody say i need a word now so 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 beyond the, the the truth that i read i also need truth that is relevant god will give you strategy in other words through the scriptures and he will also give you strategy through what he speaks but here's the problem with a lot of believers we're not listening when he speaks so the reason why you don't have active strategy is because you're not listen, listening actively. Oh, I hope y'all just caught that. Somebody say, I need to open up my ears to God. God is trying to give you, somebody say, a right now word. This means you will have, watch this, limited strategy when you limit your ability to receive God's truth. I, you know, there are some preachers that believe that, that God does not speak. Somebody say, the devil is a lie. They, they believe that his, his word in the book is his final word. But I serve a God, somebody say, that changes not. If he spoke back then, he speaks, somebody say, now. Nah. So, so, so many of us limit our strategy in which we receive from God because we limit it, somebody say, to the book. And many of us are not open enough to be in a position and a posture for somebody, for somebody to say this, for God to speak now. There are strategies that God wants to give you. Somebody say, right now. There's some situations where I need God to speak right now. There's, there's some stuff when folk getting on my nerves at my job. God, I need you to speak right now. Because if you don't speak right now, I'm going to speak for you. And it ain't going to be holy. Y'all hear what I'm saying? So we need to make sure that we don't limit the, the way in which we hear from God. Because watch this. If you have limited strategy against the in, enemy, you're likely to lose against the enemy. And many of us have, somebody say limited strategy. Somebody need to get in their face and get in the spirit so you can hear from God. And as it was with the children of Israel in Deuteronomy 8.20, so it is for us. If we have limited strategy against the enemy. Notice what the text says. As the nations which the Lord destroys before you, so you shall perish because you would not be obedient to the voice of the Lord. God says that I'm going to do the heavy lifting for you, but you're going to still perish. And the only reason you perish is somebody say, I had limited strategy. He spoke and I did not listen. He spoke and I was not in a position to listen. He spoke and I was not in a position to hear. This means when we're in spiritual warfare, we must look to his word and listen for his word. I've always got to be in a position. I know I want y'all to be in y'all word. I want you to be digging and searching the scriptures. But somebody say, I need to also be listening. Also be listening. listening, listening, listening. So I've got to preserve the strategy. Somebody say, preserve the strategy. Preserve the I don't think y'all like that first point, but it's okay. Let's look at verse 14b. The Bible says, and the body armor of God's righteousness. Purity is our protection against the enemy. If I want to be protected, somebody say, I've got to be purified. purified. And herein lies one of the reasons why many of our prayers, I know you don't like this, much of our praise, I know you don't like this, and much of our proclaiming, our decreeing and declaring during spiritual warfare is ineffective because many are praying, praising and proclaiming why they are not pure. Somebody say, I've got to be pure. Because it don't work like that. God, and I'm going to tell you why it don't work like that. Because God does not hear the unrighteous. That's John nine 31. I'm just telling y'all why some of y'all are losing the battle against the enemy. God does not help the unrighteous. That's Deuteronomy 25, 16. And God gives no harvest to the unrighteous. That's 1 Corinthians 6, verse 9. So I'm going to say I got to be pure. I've got to be pure uh, because righteousness, watch this, gives us access to the Lord's provision and that includes the protection of the Lord. This is why it says that I need you to put on the body armor of God's righteousness. And this is why a foundational text calls righteousness our body armor. Because his righteousness is what protects us. It's some hits that you can take from the enemy, but if you're righteous, it won't bother you. That's good news to me. I know that there's arrows coming from every side, but I know I'm the righteous. So if some of those attacks and some of those darts and some of those fiery darts are hurting you, you may want to ask yourself, am I the righteous? We need to ask ourselves because his righteousness protects us. So this means if the attacks of the enemy seem potent in our lives, we may need to ask ourselves, have we put on the Lord's righteousness? And somebody may be saying, okay, I get that, Pastor Keith. But why is this so critical to spiritual warfare? Because here's, I think, the even more significant thing. Not only is righteousness our defense, but righteousness also distinguishes us. Did y'all hear what I just said? Somebody say, it distinguishes me. Consider what this text says, that it's the the body armor of God. The very garments that soldiers wear out to war distinguish which side they're on. Could it be that the enemy knows you're on his side and not God's? Because righteousness, somebody say, it distinguishes me. Oh, that's good news, y'all. Some of y'all fighting for the enemy. Uh, uh, and, and notice this God protects his children and if you don't look like his child then default you are his enemy God I need you somebody say God I need you to protect me no, I know y'all don't like this this morning I'm just I'm sorry but I'm trying to help us today watch what James 4 and 4 says do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. So if I'm clothed in that which is carnal, if I look like that which is carnal, if I walk in the things that are carnal, if I'm, I'm, if I'm walking with the world, somebody say, I'm an enemy of God. And how many of us have found ourselves in sin and then the, the attacks of the enemy overwhelm us and then we want to fall on our face? And we wonder why God has failed to pull us out. Somebody say, I'm an enemy of God. We don't like this this morning. We don't like this. Therefore, if you're not adorned in righteousness, then it's a sign to God that you're an adversary to him. That's a sad tragedy, y'all. Because the last thing we need when we're at war with the enemy is for God to be at war with me. Did y'all catch what I just said? Someone say that's the last thing I need. That's the last thing I need. Ooh, so if I know I got myself into some mess, someone say I better repent. I, I need God. I, God, I'm sorry. I know I got myself into this because watch this. His armor distinguishes me. Some of y'all think y'all got on all, the full armor of God. Somebody say, no you don't. you still living in sin. You're still living reckless. you still looking like the world. And you wonder why God has not pulled you out. Oh, you look like the enemy. Consider the response of the Lord when Solomon was unrighteous in 1 Kings chapter 11 verse 9. The Bible says, so the Lord became angry with Solomon because his heart had turned from the Lord God of Israel. But But I think here's the even sadder tragedy because the Lord became angry concerning Solomon's unrighteousness. The Lord came against him. Notice what verse 14 of 1 Kings 11 says. Now the Lord raised up an adversary against Solomon. And I I hope y'all see this. Many of us think that the enemy just came searching us out and that's the reason why he's a wrecking havoc on our lives but there are times where God will raise up an adversary against you somebody say it's in the book many times I don't want y'all to think that God is just being mean to us many times he's raising up an adversary to get you on the right side thank God that he does that to get us somebody say on the right side I'm trying to help y'all before y'all get on the wrong side Because when we are are unrighteous, God removes His protection. Someone say, I need to be protected. And He also raises up against us. This is why, if we desire to be war ready, then it will be determined by the sanctification that we pursue. Someone say, I've got to pursue sanctification. If you really want to be war ready, you need to make sure that there's nothing in our lives that looks like the enemy. I don't even want God to think that I'm trying to get on the other side of Him. Somebody say, I need to be on the right side of God. This is why folk be living. I I be, listen, move out of the way when you see folk living any kind of way. I don't want you around me if you live in any kind of way. Somebody say, get out of the way. I don't even need God thinking I'm fooling with folk that ain't on his side. I ain't fooling with you gone over there. This is why if we desire to be war ready, we got to sanctify ourselves. Because there's too much on the line if we fail to live right. This is why the old saints used to say, holiness is still right. Someone say it's still right. It's still right. And, and we wondered why. They said holiness is still right. They thought that they were trying to just um, not allow us to be us, not allow us to have our little bit of swag and all of that. No, what they were really trying to say is that we don't want God to remove his protection from you, And we don't want God to have to raise up an adversary against you. This is why many folk really don't come to God until they're at their wit's end. And many of that was not the enemy. It was, it was because God raised up an adversary. I hope y'all stand with me because y'all ain't smiling, y'all ain't nothing. I hope y'all, I need y'all, I need y'all to be happy. Here's a word of wisdom. Could it be the reason why many believers are seeing the enemy in their marriage, their ministry, and even in their mind more than seeing the Lord is because many fail to pursue sanctification? Well, you know. And I I said this about spiritual warfare. It's like when you're catching hell on every side. But some of that hell, somebody say, it's because I ain't living holy. Yeah, y'all don't like that. It's because we're not living holy and the reason why we're catching hell. How how do I know? Because Hebrews 12, 14 says, pursue peace with all people and, someone say, and holiness. Without which no one will see the Lord. A minute the enemy did not force his way in. We gave him a front door in. Y'all don't like that this morning. So the reason. I ain't say somebody say he ain't saying all of us. But I'm like, God, why am I seeing the enemy in my marriage more than you? God, God, why am I seeing the enemy more in my ministry more than you? Could it be? Somebody say, could it be? That you're not pursuing sanctification. Holiness is how we see God. And for many, the enemy, like I said, didn't force his way in. We gave him a front door and Somebody say no protection. Because hear this. Why is that so critical? God will never show up in a place that is not sanctified. Y'all hear what I just said? God will never. You want him to show up in your house. Somebody say get it sanctified. The Bible says that let no flesh do um, glory in my presence he'll never show up in a place that is not sanctified if you want God to show up somebody say get it sanctified that's why some churches God don't never show up cuz somebody say the past ain't sanctified oh you gotta be sanctified every, every morning before I get up here I say God don't let my flesh rise up. Don't, don't, don't allow me to say nothing that you don't want your spirit to say. Because I know if I allow any level of flesh to glory in his presence. Someone say God won't show up. God show up. Amen. churches that sound good but God ain't there. Right. He ain't going to show up to no dirty place. And somebody say that includes my life. Includes my life. Y'all heard what I just said? So beyond spiritual warfare, if we need to see God show up in our life, somebody say, go get sanctified. Give your Bible. Watch, watch what Matthew 5 and 8 says. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall, someone say, see God. Someone say, I want to see God. And so I don't know about nobody else, but there are seasons of my life where I need God to show up. When the enemy attempts to slander my name, somebody say, I need God to show up. When the enemy wants sickness to overtake me, somebody say, I need God to show up. up. When the enemy sets a snare against me, somebody say, I need God to show up. There are some situations where somebody say, I need to see God. I don't need to see the pastor. I don't need to see no missionary. I don't need to see no mother. I don't need to see no deaconess. Somebody say, I need to see God. God is saying, I want to see you as well I want to show up in your situation but somebody say clean it up listen some of y'all don't let nobody else come to your house like that why do you think God would someone say your natural house listen I my wife is so she's so um um particular it don't matter if this has been my sister for over 20 some odd years we don't treat her casual. When her and her husband come over, we make sure we clean up. This is her blood, brother. She makes sure before they come over, we clean up. But many of us, we expect God to show up anywhere. God says, You gonna treat folk and the natural better than me? Yeah. Somebody say, I gotta, I gotta clean up. I need to see God. See God. Anytime I know I need to see God, I need God. To show up in my life. Before I look at the enemy. I look at myself. Y'all heard what I just said. Before I go talking about the enemy. And trying to plead blood against the enemy. I try to purify myself. Because there's times. Where I know I need God. Somebody say to show up. need God to show up. And the good news is that God shows up. For those that sanctify themselves. Therefore watch this. Before we feel like. We're being attacked. Don't seek revenge. Somebody say, seek righteousness. Right. Listen, I know they did you dirty, but somebody say, seek righteousness. Because it ain't nothing better than God showing up on your behalf. Ooh, now that's good news to me, y'all. Because I know, and I said this before, you can string a little cuss words together. I know you can embarrass folk. I know you got a little fight game on you. But it ain't nothing right like when God shows up. Somebody say, on my behalf. Ooh. because watch this the Bible says that the heart of the king is in the hand of God and he turns it as he wishes so them little cuss words ain't going to turn their heart but God will listen that's good news to me that there was there was a particular person on my job that I felt that was so threatened and jealous of me and listen I could have did all kind of things I could have went to HR I could have did X Y and Z but somebody say I gave it to God this person here, y'all, y'all would think that's my best friend today. Somebody say, I ain't do nothing but give it to God. And the reason why some of y'all still catching hell, because you ain't giving it to God. Somebody say, clean yourself up. Because the sanctification, sanctification we pursue causes us to receive the protection of God. So I need us to really understand these weapons. I don't know what y'all learned about these weapons before. But there's a level of truth, and that truth is just not the red word. Somebody say it's a relevant word. So I've got to seek and always be in a posture to hear the strategies of heaven. Because God has somebody say a different vantage point. And the other thing is, the Bible says that I've got to put on this body armor of righteousness. And many of us thought it was just to protect us, but somebody say it also distinguishes me. Somebody say it's my it's my war, it's my warfare. It is my warfare. So God looks down and looks for the righteous and he says, okay, that's one of mine. So I can step in for those that are mine. And somebody say that's good news. Now let's look at verse number 15. And I'm gonna be done. I'm I'm gonna walk all of Ephesians 6, but just to give us enough to just eat on today and be back for next week. Uh, That's all I want to give us for today. The Bible says, for the shoes put on the peace that comes from the good news. Victory in war is many times determined by one's mental condition Somebody say my mental condition Not your might But but how do you deal and stay secure when you're catching all of hell? Because your mental condition determines the decisions that you make in war This is why war ain't for everybody because everybody can't make sound decisions. Somebody say under pressure. So, so somebody say I got to have my mind right. I remember when I was playing football we used to say well, I got to get my mind right. We'll listen to some kind of music just to get our mind right so that we can make the sound decisions. Someone say under pressure. Uh, so it, it's, it's difficult to make sound decisions when your thoughts are full of doubt full of dread and full of discouragement and it is no different in war the enemy desires for the believer this: to not walk in peace and walk with peace I want to be even in the midst of war still have a level of peace uh, I think I think that's the greatest victory over the enemy that all stuff can be going on in my life and folk look at me and say how you got it all together somebody say that's peace and here's one greek translation of the word peace in this text it means to be undisturbed Ooh. somebody say god's still working on me he's still working on me y'all sometimes I be a little bit disturbed I need God to say give me peace God why is this significant because in seasons of spiritual warfare the enemy wants us to be shaken by the attacks of the enemy but our weapon against this is that we have somebody say peace but here's the unique thing about this peace the Bible says that that, that this peace comes from the good news in other words, it comes from somebody say his promises. But not simply his promises, his promises that are predetermined. Somebody say predetermined promises. I, I somebody say it, somebody say predetermined promises. You can have peace in the midst of attacks when you can agree, somebody say, with his promises. So as long as stuff is going on in my life. I know that there's a promise over my life that is yes and amen and many of us the reason why we have no peace is because we don't agree with his promises somebody say his promises Ooh, I don't know if y'all feeling me I'm working harder than y'all feeling this this is why David could declare this in Psalm 4 and 8. with so much confidence he says I will both lie down in peace and sleep for you alone, O oh Lord, make me dwell in safety. This means that I can lie down even when folk lying on me. You can have peace even when folk trying to persecute you. I don't know about y'all, but I want to sleep even when folk are trying to sabotage me. Somebody say peace. That's good news. Our desire should be that I can go to bed even when the devil is busy. I don't know about y'all, but somebody say, I want to go to bed. Somebody say, lay yourself down and go to bed. Even when the devil is busy, I can go to bed. Not, not, somebody say, I want that kind of peace. And I believe, watch this, please believe that rest is a weapon of warfare because it's hard to fight in the natural when you fail to have rest. Let your behind be tired. And somebody try to come up on you and sneak, um, get you from behind. Somebody say you should have had some rest. Don't catch me when I'm straight. I done got a full um, eight hours of sleep. Somebody say I'm straight. Straight. It's just like in a natural. It's so it is in the spirit. Somebody say I need rest." rest. The enemy, this is why David says I will lie down in peace and sleep. Somebody say that's natural sleep. Because the enemy does not want to give you rest because when the attacks come when I don't have a level of peace somebody say it's easy to succumb some of y'all need to go to bed tell your neighbor "Go go to bed go to bed just go to bed and David says the reason he can go to bed because for you alone oh Lord make me dwell in safety oh that's good news because your ability to be war ready is determined by the soulless that you perceive. And why do I say soulless? Soulless is just another word for peace. And my ability to perceive peace even when the enemy is attacking me. I've got to be so, my eyes so fixed on God that no matter what's going on around me, I still see his promises over my life. Many of us get so caught up in what the enemy is doing that we, somebody say, take our eyes off God. I know a lot of people try to preach that about Peter on the water, but some of us just need to keep our eyes on God. Somebody say, keep your eyes on God. We don't have to be disturbed even despite what the devil is doing or attempting to do in our lives. That's good news, y'all. It's this peace that Paul spoke of in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 8-9. through 9. The Bible says we are hard-pressed on every side, but I'm not crushed. We are perplexed, but I'm not in despair. We are persecuted, but not forsaken. We are struck down. And somebody say, not destroyed. Somebody say, I can sleep on that. Sleep on but if you don't know his promises, you can't sleep on that. This is why the enemy wants to keep you. Watch this void of his stra- the God's strategies. Somebody say, I need to know his promises. Remind yourself of what God spoke over your life when folk told me you need to think about the age 40 before you plant a church I need to remind myself of the promises of God when folk told me and my wife that my wife was too young to get married She had to remind herself of the promises of God. Someone said I got to remind myself Folk will try to talk you out of things that God spoke over your life But I've got to remind myself. I can have a level of peace And here's the good news. I need y'all to know the devil is bothered when you ain't bothered by him. Did y'all catch what I just said? Y'all being bothered by the devil, but the devil is bothered when you're not bothered by him. I'm gonna give you Bible. How do I know? The Bible says this in Romans 16, 20, and the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly, but it requires you, watch this, to walk in peace. I've got to be walking in a level of so much peace that the enemy knows his end. But many of us are bothered by the devil and the devil is bothered when you ain't bothered by him. I'm trying to get so much, so in a place in my walk with God that although I see what's going on around me, although I see what the enemy is trying to do, I ain't bothered by him because as soon as I'm not bothered by him, he's bothered. He's bothered. You really want to bother the enemy? Someone say, walk in, peace. walk in peace. Knowing that God, whatever he said, he shall do it. And that's good news. And this is why the soulless we perceive causes us to be war ready. This is why y'all got to be in the spirit. Someone say, get in, spirit. get in the spirit. That I can have peace no matter what's going around in the natural. The quickest way to get the enemy bothered is not by you shouting and dancing and, doing, and that may be your level of peace, but some people do it and their mind still gone. Y'all know that? Folk will try to dance themselves happy. And they really, not, they, they really don't have a level of peace. And this is why the enemy will let you dance, break your heels, and do all of that because he knows your mind has no level of peace. Because he knows when you get home, you may have shouted in front of the saints, but you get no sleep. The enemy says, I'm bothered. When I can be doing all of this and, 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 and just as Job was able to say that, that I, I forgot I live and forgot I'll die. Despite what his wife said to curse God and die, Job had someone say peace. And that's why the devil was really bothered. So hear this. I'm done, y'all. And this is why if we want to be war ready, has to be determined by the solace we perceive. I'm going to continue digging into verse Ephesians chapter 6. But going to war without weapons, hear this, is both foolish and can be fatal. It's no different in the spirit. I got to make sure that I go into this war, somebody say, with weapons. The enemy desires for the believer to be engaged in warfare with him, but void of being equipped. Because many of y'all many believers have been taught these are my weapons but don't know how to use them don't know what these weapons are for and we get into war with the enemy and we lose our mind cuz somebody say I'm unequipped that's why I say your victory prosperity and war is gonna be determined by your preparation we must discern the attacks of the enemy to ensure we have the right spiritual weapon assigned for that attack and although I said this this is not our full arsenal somebody say it's some more weapons Somebody say it's some more weapons but it's critical for us to understand that if we are to war against the enemy, then we must have a strategy that we preserve. I've got to preserve that strategy. If God gives me a word, somebody say, don't deviate from it. I've got to be looking to his word and I've got to be listening for his word. And watch this, we got to, there's a sanctification that we must pursue. Don't allow people in the natural to come to your house in a, any kind of way. Uh, you clean it up for them, but don't clean it up for God. Somebody say, clean up your house. Some of y'all trying to push stuff under the bed with God. And God, see all of that. Y'all taking shortcuts with God. And we're asking God to show up. And we wonder why. Then there's a soulless that we perceive. And God, if we can walk in peace, if we won't be bothered by the devil, the devil will be bothered with us. And we'll continue to examine what it means to be war ready next week. But my prayer is is that we begin to prepare our weapons of war for the enemy. Somebody say, I've got to be prepared. Stand to your feet. I hope y'all come back next week because the saints look like they don't like me. But I've been obedient. Let's go to God in prayer. Father, we bless you. We honor you, God. I, I told the saints this. As I started this sermon series, I believe this is a season of warfare for your people. Help us, God, to be prepared. God, we need to know the weapons of our warfare. But God, even before we can pick up a weapon, God, help us to discern the attacks. God, the attacks are coming from every side in every kind of way, God. So give us the right level of discernment to know and determine the right weapon to use. And God, thank you, God, for revealing to us, God, the weapons of our warfare. And God, we ask you now, God, to help us, God, to be prepared for war. We need you, God. We need you. So, God, as your people have now been equipped, you taught us. And we ask you, God, that we be obedient to what you have um, shown through your word, God. God, we need strategies for the enemy God. God you sit high and you look low. You have a different vantage point God so let us always be listening for your word and God let's preserve the strategy that you give us God. God we need a word from you. We need a word from you. So give us a word God we pray. And God we pray God that we pursue sanctification. Some of us God are looking for you to show up where the enemy is present but we fail to sanctify ourselves. Clean us up, God, we pray. God, your word declares, let every man examine himself, God. God, this pastor is not exempt. Let every man examine himself. And God, when we find anything that is not of you, wash us and make us clean. Thank you, God, that your word declares, God, that you are faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. We thank you for that, God, we pray. God, holiness is still right. And God, if we are not holy, we won't see you. We need you to see, we need to see you, God. And God, we pray now, God, that you allow us to have a level of solace in our life. Let us be able to perceive it, God, even when we're catching hell on every side, that we will not be bothered. We'll hold on to your promises, God, we pray. And we thank you, we love you. God, we shall be war ready. Somebody say, I'm going to be war ready. Give God a hand handcraft of prayer. I'm confident that you didn't stumble upon this podcast by accident because God is sovereign. And whenever our sovereign God sends us a message for a reason, he wants us to respond. My prayer is that you respond by allowing the word to be planted in you so that it produces God's will for your life. Until next time, strive to not simply come to church, but to become the church.